listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, you just heard the golden voice of the man from above at Fox Sports Radio. It's that time of week again, and we've got an epic show for you folks tonight. In a world of questions, we've got answers. In a world of problems, we've got solutions. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes? Look at pictures of food your friends ate again? Call 1-888-FARMERS for a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now, have you noticed the NFL continues to stay in the news even though no games are being played? Well, the reason is simple. It's a lot more fun to talk about the quarterback carousel and follow it, and, well, you can even bet on it in non-regulated markets. You know, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Sam Darnold, where will they end up, or will they end up where they're at now? And, by the way, breaking news this week, Carson Wentz, well, he's on his way to Indianapolis. And for me, that shined a light on the fact that the Rams, in their desperation to move out Jared Goff, paid way too much for Matt Stafford. And the other NFL teams seeking a change at their quarterback position, well, they're not going to make that same mistake. In about two minutes, I'm going to give you another Matt Stafford chronology. And for those of you who wonder why I continue to ride that horse, well, as I said before, and I promised my good buddy Mike Harmon, As long as the groupthink echo chamber tries to convince all of us that Matt Stafford is the messiah for Sean McVay, I will politely and succinctly offer my counter-argument, complete with relevant specifics, not hopes and dreams. In about 15 minutes, Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review-Journal will join us. He's the sports betting columnist for the betting and gambling column for the newspaper. And later on, after Brian Finley's update, Sleepy will weigh in on another best bet. Then we'll take a peek on some NBA pablum and why I want to reiterate the Brooklyn Nets won't win bupkis this year. Book it. And of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports and plenty of fodder to twist your brain in knots. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Paul Molitor, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right. The new Carson Wentz headed to the Indianapolis Colts. And dig in. Here we go again. And by the way, you know, somewhere along the line, Matt Stafford has simply become the benchmark. Because you can't invoke Carson Wentz's name all week without hearing Matt Stafford right behind it. I heard Colin do it. I heard Doug Gottlieb do it. I heard Jason McIntyre do it this morning. So let's take a minute to unpack this. Because what I'd like to do is give you a, a chronological perspective on Matt Stafford. There's only two types of people in the world. Those who actually saw Matt Stafford play in Ford Field, up close and personal, and those who didn't. And the rest of you, you know, saw the highlight reels on ESPN, so you think he's really good. Maybe he is. Here we go. Look. You, you've all known for, for a long time, it's been well documented, the Detroit Lions have won exactly one playoff game since 1957, which, by the way, happened to be the last time the franchise won an NFL championship. But right before the 2009 NFL draft, a funny thing happened. 
a young, exuberant kid by the name of Matt Stafford, went and greeted the Detroit Lions president at the time, Tom Luan, a good friend of mine, with a bear hug at the 2009 NFL Combine. He planted a seed. Stafford, Matt Stafford, made no bones about it. He wanted to be a Detroit Lion, and it's sort of an odd coincidence. Matt Stafford, it turns out, well, he had attended Highland Park High School in Dallas, Texas, which happened to be the same high school that Bobby Lane also attended when he was a prepster. Lane, of course, well, he was the last Lions quarterback to, in fact, lead the Detroit Lions to the promised land back in 1957. So, could lightning strike twice? Well, not much time, you know, not a little time after that, Matt Stafford was drafted number one overall in the 2009 NFL draft by the Detroit Lions. And when he beat out Dante Culpepper on the last day of training camp to be named the starter week one versus the New Orleans Saints, it kind of felt like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, there was, but unfortunately that light turned out to be an oncoming train because unfortunately Stafford got hurt a lot before he really got his career out of the blocks. In fact, Stafford landed funny on his right shoulder and he banged up his right knee and he ended up missing six games his rookie season and the Lions finished 2-14. and 14. Now, the following season, opening day 2010, Lightning did strike twice. Stafford was tackled hard by Chicago's Julius Peppers, and he landed on the same shoulder he'd gotten hurt the year before. And Matt Stafford finished the 2010 campaign by playing in only three games. Rob Parker, at the time, when he was with the Detroit News, labeled him, quote, a China doll. Many in the media looked askance at the six-year deal, Stafford had received, and we all wondered if you would be a bust. But alas, well, that turned out to be a false narrative. In fact, truth be told, over time, Stafford proved to the city of Detroit he was tough. He was tougher than a $2 steak. And actually, Matt Stafford rebounded and started all 16 games over the next several seasons. But see, when the history books are written, the prevailing fact pattern is undeniable. Matt Stafford did everything in Detroit but win. In fact, well, I keep hearing some national folks extolling his virtues because he, quote, engineered 31 comebacks in his career. This nebulous statement is completely without context because Matt Stafford managed only 10 victories in his 163 starts in Detroit versus teams who actually finished with a winning record. So just exactly who are these comebacks against? Now, oftentimes his stats were meaningless, by the way. There were fourth-quarter rallies when the Lions trailed by three scores, and well, opposing defenses weren't base coverages, deep off the ball, funneling everything into the middle of the field to kill the clock. And over several years, Stafford established himself as a guy. Yes, he played hard, played hurt, and became a supreme stat compiler. And before anybody who listens to this takes umbrage, Tell me how many games you saw at Ford Field. If you weren't there, you can't relate to what I saw. Now, to be fair, what I saw was an extreme competitor. Unfortunately, what I also saw all too often was a Matt Stafford rolling to his right, trying against all odds to keep a play alive. Then he would throw a floater across his body into a sea of hands, killing a drive. And over a five-year period, with Calvin Johnson... In his prime, by the way, yeah, that same Calvin Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer. Stafford threw 77 interceptions over a five-year period. Bad ones. I also saw on many occasions Stafford fail to secure the ball in the pocket. 
He'd be scrambling around like a whirling dervish, trying to make a glory play while getting stripped once again, killing a drive. Instead of fighting to live another day, he handed the ball to the other team way too many times. And how many times did I see Stafford fumbling on the goal line? Because once again, he tried to do too much. You know the answer. Then later in the game, the Lions would be down 20 points and he would lead the team downfield long after the contest was in the bank for the opponent, zinging the ball all over the lot, earning the monger, Stat Padford. Now there's an old saying, you define the moment or the moment defines you. Typically there are about five seminal moments in every NFL game that usually sway the outcome one way or the other. You know, Matt Stafford just simply has been on the wrong side of those moments too many times. To earn the beatification that some national types have bestowed on Matt Stafford in the last couple weeks, well, in 12 years, he would have had to at least put this franchise on his back once. Once in 12 years, could you put this franchise on your back? But it never happened. Nope. Not even close. Now, I've since coined the following phrase about Matt Stafford. I characterize him as a guy. Matt Stafford is a guy you might win with, but not because of. Now, make no mistake, Matt Stafford will have his moments with the Rams, who, by the way, have already been to a Super Bowl, and they actually gave up on a guy who won three playoff games since entering the league in 2016. Stafford has zero playoff wins in the NFL, and he made his interest in 2009. But I digress. I do not think Matt Stafford will get the Rams to the promised land. And, I, and, and by the way, know this, all right? Matt Stafford has been on the game day injury report for the following body parts during his career. Hip, 10 times. Shoulder, 8 times. Knee, 7 times. Thumb, 4 times. Back, 3. Ribs, 3. Finger, 3. Ankle, 2. Groin, once. Quadricep, arm, hand, and foot, all once. Now, that's a total of 13 body parts for a total of 44 games, or almost 23% of all the games he could have played in. That's a lot. So, you see, to me, the notion that the Rams are getting this fresh spring chicken to replace this dodgy guff, well, they're ludicrous. Now, in the end, I actually root for Matt Stafford because, as my good buddy and mentor Dick Schaap taught me, you always root for the story. And the best story would be seeing Matt Stafford host the Lombardi Trophy for the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay. And to be sure, many Detroit fans, I believe, would take great pleasure in seeing that as well. Because in truth, Matt Stafford had the heart of a lion while representing the Motor City. In fact, in Las Vegas, the Rams' Super Bowl odds actually dropped from 18-1 to to 13-1 to after the Stafford signing was announced. But I'm not betting he will win a Super Bowl anytime soon. In fact, again, I'm on record as saying he won't because in the end, you don't bet with your heart unless you want to end up with heart disease. Know this about Stafford. From a physical standpoint, he's pretty good. Character, attitude, intelligence, I think he rates high in those areas. He does everything but win. You'll see if I'm wrong, we get to January and, I, and you see them in the Super Bowl, heading to the Super Bowl, I will revisit this. I'm not afraid to admit I'm wrong. I don't think I'm going to be. And oh, by the way, if you're scoring at home, and you know you are, Matt Stafford is 0-7 in games with playoff implications. He's 0-3 in playoff games and 0-4 in games 
that would have been played during the regular season that would have gotten them into the playoffs. So have fun, and let's see what happens. This is, of course, just my opinion. I could be wrong. I don't think I will be. Coming up, we're going to be joined by the gentleman who's the columnist for the sports betting column of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, my good buddy, Todd Dewey. Always a fun conversation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. All right, let's welcome in a gentleman. He authors one of the most read columns in the entire newspaper. It's the sports betting columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, my good buddy Todd Dewey. Todd, how are you, bud? Doing all right, Bernie. Thanks for having me. Always, always. And uh, obviously with football ending, we're looking to the next thing. And right now it looks like the next big thing in terms of how the sports books were so busy this last week were baseball futures, team totals, and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Baseball win totals came out this week and with spring training, starting pitchers and catches reporting. And uh, it's always pretty popular. And uh, Los Angeles Dodgers on top, no surprise there, with uh, returning all their guys from uh, the world title team and adding the reigning Cy Young, Trevor Bauer. So, yeah, their total was 104.5 wins, and uh, which ties the 99 Yankees for the highest win total since 1990. And uh, then you get the Yankees, Padres, Braves, and Mets also above 90 wins each. But the Dodgers uh, have an historic total there. You know what's interesting? Uh uh, Todd, is how much money has come in on the Dodgers. It's almost as like there's no value left because you've got to still play a full season. Anything can happen and get through the playoffs. What are they down to, 2-1 to one now? The Dodgers? Yeah, in the World Series speech is a good point. Yeah, I mean, they were already the favorite, like uh, plus 350. And then when they added Bauer, they, they uh, you know, shrunk to 2-1 to one favorites. And, yeah, you're right. You know, you might as well be better off waiting until uh, the playoffs start, and that way – you could avoid uh, some catastrophic injuries or, you know, some other team gets really hot or might as well, you'd be better off waiting uh, to, to bet on them there. And then going also, to, yeah, but people keep betting them. As you mentioned, someone uh, put down a bet out here at the Westgate Sportsbook to win uh, six figures on the Dodgers when they were plus 350. And also on a, there were five other teams since 1990 that have had a win total of 100 or more, and all five have gone under. So there might be some value in going under the win totals and waiting on the World Series future. Oh, I'm with you. I can't even imagine betting over 104 and a half. And I'm glad you brought up the 99 Yankees. I remember that team well. Uh, I think they only won 98 games this year, but they did win the World Series. Speaking of which, I think the Yankees are 6-1 to one to win the World Series. They're behind the Dodgers, right? They're the next best favorite. Yeah, they're the second choice, and uh, yeah, I do believe uh, they're six to one. And then you have the the Padres after you know picking up Darvish and Snell and uh, a couple three hundred million dollar men there with Machado and and uh, Fernando. 
who signed that big contract this year. So the Padres are in the mix, but their problem, of course, that they're in the same division as the Dodgers. So, right, you know, it'd be tough to uh, top them, but but they're right up there. Yeah, you get the Dodgers at plus two hundred, and actually, uh, Padres and Yankees are tied at plus six fifty at, at William Hill as the second choice. Talking with Todd Dewey, the sports betting columnist of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Todd, in addition to potentially betting the overs or unders on the top tier teams. There's also some bottom-tier teams, starting with the Pittsburgh Pirates, that have very low win totals. Yeah, there's five teams uh, under 70 wins, and that was a couple years ago, uh, before the shortened season last year, two years ago, there were popular picks to bet under the Orioles and under the Tigers, and they and they both went under. And um, this year, the Pirates are the lowest team with a win total of 58. And then you have the Colorado Rockies, 63-and-a-half after – trading away their best player, Nolan Arenado. And then you have the Orioles, Rangers, and Tigers all under 70. Let me ask you a question, Todd. Uh, one of the things they've gotten so much more creative on, is certainly in all sports, but baseball as well, are prop bets. Have you seen any yet, or maybe it's too soon, like will someone hit 400, the home run leader, things of that nature, player uh, prop bets, uh, individual game prop bets, things of this nature. Do you see those coming out yet, or are those still down the pike a little bit? Yeah, you know, there's props on everything out there now. Uh, uh, on baseball, yeah, along with the win totals this this week, they, they have odds on, you know, to win the World Series, obviously, but also to win the division. And then they also have, you know, MVPs for each league. You get Trout and Mookie Betts are the favorites there, the Cy Youngs. Uh, Cole and DeGrom are the favorites there. And, yes, you could also bet on the hit leader, the home run leader, RBI leader, strikeout leader. And, uh, yeah, they also have, you know, uh, props up on, uh, you know, they have the NFL MVPs up. I just saw it popped up today. And NBA MVP has been popular. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff uh, you could bet on for futures. Right. It's amazing how creative they've gotten with all these betting uh, products. One thing that jumps to me, uh, Todd, is there were a record 6,776 home runs hit two years ago, the 2019 season, when they played a full season. But apparently they're going to have a, a baseball that's not as lively this year. Do you see that reflected in some of the offensive totals or not so much? Uh, well, I haven't seen actual numbers on how many home runs uh, to hit, but they just have the odds on who's going to lead in home runs. But that'll be interesting to to keep looking at. Uh, I'm just looking at the home run odds right now. Uh, home run leader will be Mike Trout and Aaron Judge are 12 to one uh, at the top there. Then you get Stanton, Alonso, and Soto at 15 to one. But they will have those. They'll ha- they'll have you know over under home run totals on all the different guys and and strikeout totals, win totals on all the different pitchers. Pretty much bet on just about anything you want, Bernie, except out here you can't bet on a Super Bowl streaker like, That's like they right. had out the offshore books. I, I don't know how many times I have to explain that to people. It's got to be in a box score, and, yeah, it's a conversation for a different day. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because this comes up, obviously football is king, 
and we, you know, had a pretty good football season in terms of the handle, even though COVID slowed things up. Uh, what's the next big thing, Todd? Obviously, you've got March Madness around the corner, Selection Sunday, three weeks from tomorrow. You've got the Masters, Major League Baseball. The NBA playoffs will be here before you know it. What, what are you seeing the most activity in of all those events? Yeah, well, you named it definitely after the NFL is king, and then it's March Madness, and especially everyone missed it last year, but uh, it'll be a little different this year. I played entirely in Indiana, but, but that's definitely uh, the biggest event after the Super Bowl or after the NFL season. I was going to say that March Madness has more of a more money wagered on it than the Super Bowl, but that's only because there's so right. many more games. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It can match, yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question, Tom. Speaking of that, have you talked to sportsbook directors in terms of how foot traffic might be during March Madness? As we know, living here, that first Thursday and Friday is just incredible. But given the COVID situation and the caution we have to be in, uh, and it's going to put a damper, but do you expect there to be pretty brisk traffic here in Las Vegas for March Madness and, as well as the handle? Yeah, it's just hard to say. The Super Bowl handle was down a bit from last year, and that's just because of the COVID restrictions in the casinos where it basically comes down to the governor and out here and, um, you know, the restrictions you put in those casinos with just 25% capacity so you couldn't have as much foot traffic or, you know, not as many tourists came out. So uh, I think, you know, they've, they've increased that capacity a little here lately, and if that goes up even more – then I think you'll be able to see maybe a comparable betting handle to years past. If not, it might be down a little. But with the mobile apps and uh, the popularity of the tournament, it will definitely be a huge handle no matter what. It just might not be a record if if, uh, some of the restrictions are still in place. Last question before I let you run, because I know the handle for the Super Bowl here in Vegas was $134 million. It was 150 last year. Do you agree, though, if there had there not been COVID, we would have set another Super Bowl record this year? Yeah, I believe so for sure because, like I said, just a quarter capacity at the casinos, and it, and it was like 20 million off maybe of the record. Right. And uh, so, even though the spread of legalized betting around the country is, has spread things out, uh, you know, for 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 a big tourist event like the Super Bowl, people still love to come to Vegas for a destination event like the Super Bowl and March Madness. As you know, there's nothing like watching those in, in the That's right. packed sports books. Absolutely right. All right, Todd, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, let's get you on again later in the year as things start to pick up, and uh, we'll get some more stats and figures from you. Yeah, anytime, Bernie. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Todd. That's Todd Dewey, the sports betting columnist of the Las Vegas Review Journal, football's over, but that doesn't mean the betting scene is. We're just getting started in 2021, and you heard the array of uh, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball futures and player props that folks can look forward to as opening day is just a few weeks away. Coming up, we'll have Sleepy's Best Bet, and also I want to talk about some really cool NFL draft props, and we're going to start to dive more into the NBA because given this new scheduling where you've got these back-to-back games it's creating some new betting angles that we're going to dive into and we'll also have some best bets but first let's go to the gentleman well he is so cool when he pulls up to a red light panhandlers actually give him a dollar it's brian finley with the latest (laughs) 
Bernie, that might be one of the best ones yet. Thank you so much. Well, the undermanned Lakers are looking quite mortal right now, losing their second straight on Saturday night. The Heat teeter-totter past the Lakers. 96-94, Alex Caruso missed a baseline jumper at the horn. LeBron James, 19 points. He went one for eight from three-point range, and L.A. was playing without an injured Anthony Davis, and Dennis Schroeder was out because of COVID-19 contact tracing, and Schroeder has tested negative but has to submit to a seven-day quarantine. The Suns knocked down a team record 24 three-pointers to hypnotize the Grizzlies 128-97. Chris Paul with his six assists, surpassing Oscar Robertson for sixth all-time in NBA history. Russell Westbrook bags a triple-double, and Bradley Beal throws down 37 points as the Wizards laugh at the Trailblazers 118-111, Portland ending a six-game winning streak. The Hornets defy the Warriors 102-100. Terry Rozier nailing the game winner. He tied the game late by making two free throws after Draymond Green got ejected for losing his temper over a jump ball call. And after the game, Warriors said coach Steve Kerr addressed the matter saying, quote, Green crossed the line. That's the main thing. We love his passion and his energy. We would not be the team we are without him, but that doesn't give him license to cross that line. And he knows that, close quote. In college basketball, number one Gonzaga tearing apart San Diego 106-69 as the Zags improved to 22-0. Unranked Duke muffling 7th-ranked Virginia 66-65 as the Blue Devils defense pulling through at the end. And a programming note coming up in about an hour, it is the men's championship at the Australian Open. Novak Djokovic going up against Daniil Medvedev. That will start at 3.30 a.m. Eastern time as Djokovic looks for his ninth Aussie title, his 18th Grand Slam. That would put him two behind Federer and Nadal. Bernie Frado has like 22 majors and maybe he doesn't. But I will say, Bernie, as I send it back to you, You've got quite the slice backhand, and it's almost as slick as your betting picks. Back to you. You know, Brian, I did have a lot of majors in college. I couldn't get out of my own way. As a matter of fact, I went to Cal State Fullerton for two terms, Carters and Reagans. <laughs> you majored in dating. That's what you did in college, unless you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe right, baby. Yes. Swipe right. All right, that's Brian Finley, the silver tongue devil. All right, I uh, mentioned that. Uh, we would get to Sleepy's best bet, and it's at this time, typically during the show every week, that Sleepy gives his best bet. And tonight, Sleepy's best bet is no bet because he took a look at the board and he decided there wasn't anything he liked. And uh, I want to talk about this for just a second because in the interest of transparency, uh, and obviously we give best bets pretty much every show, and uh, we've been over 500. Uh, you can go back and audit. I don't care. Knock yourself out. But last week, not so good. Uh, I had uh, Wisconsin plus one, and they led the entire way, led by double digits. A lot of the game doesn't matter. Michigan uh, had a 15-2 to uh, run with like three minutes to go, and I lost. No excuses. Uh, Sleepy had Arizona State minus five. They were, they were up nine to nothing and 19-4 to four before the seats were warm. Arizona State won by four. We didn't cover. It happened. McKenzie, I, th- I think he had the Sacramento Kings plus two and a half. Yep. Moral of the story is we went 0-3. And, and that's not a good thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're in this for the long haul, the key is that you trust the information you have and you don't do anything silly and you don't chase and you don't panic. You stick with what you know works and sometimes – 
you go 0-3. And I would say, McKenzie, I'm bringing in a little earlier tonight because there are takeaways from this. This is primarily a sports betting show. We want to be more eclectic than that, but people like to listen, even if they bet or not, on finding angles. And there is a takeaway when you go for three. Yes, and first of all, I want to say I love Sleepy's best bet. It's a positive EV bet. A unit saved is actually more profitable. That's exactly right. Earned. Explain that. Take a minute to explain that a little bit more so in if detail. You bet, if you bet a unit, you're usually going to have to wager about 11 to 10, so 110 bucks to win 100. If you lose it, you're down 110. If you win it, you only gain 100. So if that happened two nights in a row, you would actually be more profitable staying home both of those nights. Well, it's very true. And it, you, you might be 110, you might be 120, you might be 160. Right. You bet a hockey game, right? A baseball game. So it's not always minus 110. That's the vigorous, okay? That's the fee that the book charges to book your bet. And by the way, uh, and a lot of times Sleepy has uh, his bets have, have been, in, they've involved player props, which are very popular. And that leads us into. Sort of the next big wave here. You heard Todd Dewey of the Review Journal talking about all the upcoming Major League Baseball props. There are some really cool draft props that are already emerging. For instance, okay, no mystery here. Trevor Lawrence, who will be the number one draft pick? If you bet Trevor Lawrence, you got to bet 50 to 1. But if you think Justin Fields sneaks in there, you get him at plus, tw- plus 1,200. And, you know, Perhaps somebody drafts a lineman number one overall. I don't see it happening. Penny Sewell's plus 1,800. Here's where it gets interesting. Let's say something weird were to happen, and you can bet who will be the third quarterback drafted. Right now, Justin Fields is the favorite at plus 125. Zach Wilson is the favorite to be the number two pick at plus 125. But let's say something weird happens and Trevor Lawrence falls. If you have a hunch... $100 would bring you back $5,000 that Trevor Lawrence is the third quarterback drafted. Now, do I see that happening? No, I don't. But there are other very clever props as well. For instance, two great receivers, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Who do you think will be drafted before those two? McKenzie, would you have a pick? Devontae Smith, he won the Heisman. Seems like it's really great value here at minus 130. Mm. Jamar Chase is, is minus 110. He didn't play last year. And look what Devontae Smith did in the championship game. How about you've got an, another head-to-head prop, Jalen Waddell, minus 200 versus Kyle Pitts, plus 150. Got to go Jalen Waddell. Nick Saban must know what he's doing. And he was the number one receiver coming into the season. Najee Harris looked like a men among boys in the national championship game. His draft position over-under is 32-and-a-half. If you think he's going to be drafted after the 32nd pick, He's plus 100. If you think he's going to be drafted before the 32nd pick, minus 140. Do they take a running back in the first round this year? They did it at the very end, the very buzzer last year. It was the 32nd pick. The Chiefs picked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Alabama has a great tradition of running backs. I'm going to go slightly under on that one. So there are several quarterbacks that are on the board here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, it gets fun, and obviously, the more products there are, the more opportunities there are to bet, and the more opportunities for the book to take your money. So be careful out there. The fact that Sleepy didn't have a bet tonight, and that's the, his best bet, it never hurts to take a day off, just because the books put every game on the board just about. 
That doesn't mean you have to bet every game. Look, it's weird out there, man. If you follow college basketball, just today alone, the Kentucky Wildcats were the biggest underdog they'd been in four years. Duke was a home underdog today for the first time in five years. By the way, they beat Virginia by one. Pretty good game. Michigan State heading into today. Tom Izzo, a cover machine, 4-15 and 15 against the number. So if you think this is easy, it's not. Last week, Wisconsin was dominating Michigan. They didn't get the cover. I lost. My hunch, Michigan hadn't played since January 22nd. However, once they got going in the second half, they looked like a, they, they look for real to me. Michigan, Michigan, the way they rebound the ball, they could beat Gonzaga. That's a conversation for another day. And by the way, don't listen selectively. I'm not predicting that's going to happen. When we come back, Mackenzie and I are going to make some predictions. We're going to have some best bets for tomorrow. And we're going to talk about a little NBA trend that's rearing its head because there is different scheduling this year. And I'm also going to talk about some pretenders in the NBA, teams that are popular, but I don't think they're going to win the championship. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Frado. Yeah, back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Farmers in from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one eight 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 Farmers, and you could save a whole lot of something. On auto insurance, call Farmers today for a quote. All right, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time of week. It is Mackinac Sports from McKenzie Rivers. McKenzie, given the new COVID situation this year in the NBA, it's changed the travel, and you we're finding a lot of these back-to-back games, and wouldn't you know it, you have uncovered an angle, a betting angle, a trend that's emerging. It's a new gem from an old classic. The zigzag theory. You may be familiar oh, yeah. with this. Of course. Play, usually yep. in the playoffs. In the playoffs, the bookmakers have taken note of this trend so much that they heavily adjust their prices. What is the zigzag theory? When a team loses a game, the next game, they get up, they play better than they would have otherwise. And like as you mentioned, with this new schedule, there are these uh, – person on Twitter called it a duplex game. I kind of like that uh, lingo. What it is is you play the same game – the same city, uh, the same team in the same city in either either back-to-back or within a three-day period. In those situations, the team that loses the first game is about 55% against the spread. Great. That's awesome. That's, that's you know, our goal is 55%. But let's take it a step further. When is that team going to be most motivated to revenge that loss? In the first quarter, right when the game starts. And you actually look at it. Not only is it 60% against the spread in a revenge spot the first quarter, the 100% of the ATS margin, how much they're better than expectation in these whole games, comes in the first quarter. They're beating expectations by two points per game. Doesn't sound like a lot. You extrapolate that for a full game. That's, that's beating, eight points. That's in, beating yeah. the market by eight points. That, that's, that's a cool. lot. That's a lot. All right. What I want to do is, because football is over now, and the NBA is getting a lot of attention, I kind of like these Saturday night marquee games. You had the Lakers heat tonight. And next week, actually, you've got Dallas and the Brooklyn Nets, which are the moment's rage. I, I, I get that Brooklyn looks good and their their optics are good. I'm on record. You know, they've got a Matador defense. They're number 27 in points allowed. They allow 118 points a game. 
you don't win a championship with that defense, McKenzie. In the last 40 years, uh, 36 of the 40 NBA champions had a top 10 defense. 22 of the 40 NBA champions had a top 5 defense. But I heard you and RJ the other day, and RJ really likes the Nets plus 400. What say you? Well, when they play that RJ clip, uh, when they do the straight out of Vegas promo, you notice that he says, hey, we may have to hedge out. Well, well, absolutely. We may have to pick, you know, the Western Conference foe. And I actually agree with you. There's a reason when I went down to the Westgate a few weeks ago and made the biggest bet of my season on the Nets, I chose not to go with the championship odds. I chose to go to win the Eastern Conference because you're right. Almost no bad defensive team wins the finals. A lot of them make the finals, like the 2017 Cavs, for example. When you have star power like that, I don't see who in the East is going to get in their way. When they get to the West, when they get to the big boys, I think you're probably right. I think they're going to just come up a little short. All right, Miami looked pretty good tonight, but I am not buying them. This is the worst 28-game start after an NBA Finals appearance since the 2002 76ers. Mm. Part of the problem is the Heat. They've used 16 different lineups this season, mostly due to injuries and COVID situations. But the theory for me is they peaked in the bubble last year because they mentally adapted to it better than the other uh, than the other organizations did, and they just simply took advantage of teams who didn't adapt. Last year, the Heat were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. This year, they're one of the worst. And by the way, they're turning over the ball mm. at an alarming rate. I think the expectations are too high for the Heat. I don't see them getting to the finals again. Do you? Well, when you turn over the ball at alarming rate, it's not shouldn't be a surprise when you're starting a point guard that's really a small forward and Tyler Hero. I don't think they're uh, making the strides. I think they kind of caught lightning in a bottle, like you said, in the summer in Orlando. I, I think they're a top-five team in the East, but make the finals, that's, that's a tough, tall order. Just for giggles, before we get to our best bets, uh, the Wizards were 500-1 to to win the championship as recent as a week ago. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop a better... Walking in, I'm not sure which casino to put ten grand on the Wizards to win the NBA title. That would pay back a nice five million. Now that's <laughs> something you can hedge. If oh, they yeah. just get to the playoffs, you can start hedging round one and lock in profits. <laughs> it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be that hard to catch up to ten grand. You just fade the Wizards on the money line. Yeah, you're right. You're, you'd have to lay like four hundred grand on the first round opponent, and if they won, you no, win you wouldn't have to grand. just to yeah. win, just to win your ten grand exactly. back. That's what I'm saying. They're five hundred to one. That's what I'm saying. If you lay a huge number with whoever's favorite against them, all they would have to do is win, and you'd you'd get your twelve grand back. But they're they're dogs to make the playoffs. What are we doing here? Ten thousand on the Wizards? Come on. Maybe he had to write it off or something. That's just that's, yeah. That's I, I just giving it away at that right. Point. If you right, I, I I respect Russell Westbrook. He plays hard every night, but. Great if game you, today. If you, game. Yeah, hey, listen, if you want to really ensure that your team will never win anything, just sign Russell Westbrook. <laughs> it's amazing. But it'll be fun. He leaves okay. It'll be fun for the teams that play against him. <laughs> All right, let's start with you. What's your best bet for tomorrow? Well, I don't want to steal your thunder because uh, I'm actually piggybacking off, off uh, your best bets. It's all right. I'm going to go with the Clippers' second half, and uh, you might you know be interested in that game yourself. They're playing the Nets tomorrow, and the thing about the Nets is – uh, actually, when they lost to the Wizards, Kyrie, it was one of those throwaway moments that actually says a lot. He's like, man, we're playing with eight eight players. We can't really play defense in the second half. The numbers bear it out. They're great in the first half with KD or without. In the second half, they've been beaten up. So I'm going to take the Clippers in the second half. All right. Well, I've actually got the Clippers for the game. I, I like them tomorrow. Minus five over the Brooklyn Nets. As I mentioned, Brooklyn allowing 118 points a game. And by the way, three weeks ago, in Brooklyn, the Clippers lost 124 to 120. And 
the Nets are not going to have Kevin uh, Durant tomorrow. The Clips are 6-2 and two straight up and against the spread at home in this series when they have what you call exact same season revenge. I think this Clipper team is far better than people give them credit for. You watch them when they get uh, closer to the playoffs. They're not going to screw the pooch like they did last year. By the way, Brooklyn wrapping up a five-game West Coast road trip, and I think it's going to be tough duty. I like the Clippers minus five tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Thanks for listening. Next up, the man from Nashville who brings it strong. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked right here. Straight out of Vegas!